0: And discover why Noble Gold Investments is the only choice for smart, secure gold investments. Or call them at 877-646-5347. Again, that's 877-646-5347. Make sure to go to TimCast.com, click join us and become a member to support this podcast and all the work we do And you'll get access to exclusive uncensored segments from TimCast IRL and way more. Now, let's jump into the first story. Yesterday was election day for many people. And all in all, it was a pretty good day for Democrats. Republicans did have many victories, particularly in Kentucky. Republicans did uh, pretty well across the board, except the Democrat uh, governor did get reelected. But the big question now is cheating. That's right. Trending on Twitter right now is the phrase cheating. And when you click it, you get a spattering of fight videos where people are angry that their significant others have cheated on them. And you get accusations of Democrats cheating to win the election. Well, we saw this story yesterday Pennsylvania voting machines changing votes sparks outrage. There's a couple other stories gas leak, water leaks, rooms being evacuated, liberal county voting centers being given extended time. I don't know that anybody cheated. I know that these things did happen. The news is reporting them. They're saying, don't worry, we'll give you an accurate vote count. But the big concern is when they extend voting hours, many people are saying this is when they bring in the votes. It's when they bring in the lost mail-in votes. It's how they actually change the numbers. And I don't know for sure, but a lot of people are wondering how it is, despite the cultural shifts that Republicans lost in so many of these places. How is it that in Ohio, where Trump and J.D. Vance win. They have just enshrined abortion in their constitutions. It's really interesting, my friends, but I think the issue is, look, where I stand. Yeah, I'm going to vote for Trump. I probably vote for Republicans. However, you guys have heard me make the arguments on this show. We're a fairly middle of the road show. And I think the issue is not so much. Are you right? It's the slight. uh, I'm sorry. It's it's the issue is not is your politician right. It's the margin of belief within within individuals and across uh, uh, um, the entire population. What I mean to say is, ultimately, I don't think the politician is what matters as much as the ideas, and that's why you can see in Ohio, abortion gets enshrined in the Constitution, but Donald Trump and and JD Vance they they do well. The issue being that they may want Donald Trump, they may want Republicans to win for cultural reasons. But when given the option to vote, say, pro-choice, they'll say, "Ah, you know what? I'm going to vote for it. Now, my big concern with, you know, all the abortion stuff is how extreme it is. But let's uh, let's break down where we currently are, my friends. Pennsylvania voting machines changing votes sparks outrage. That's right. You know, look, I want to go over the results of many of the elections and and break down for you the uh, the Virginia Democrat who got caught releasing, you know, adult content on the Internet. She lost. I think the issue really is cultural. And so while we look at all these stories, a few important takeaways are this. You cannot just rely on electing a politician to save you. We must build culture. Most important thing. That's why you don't see me doing these big get out the vote initiatives. You don't see Timcast investing heavily in nonprofits that want to focus on voting. I think it's important. I think Scott Pressler does great work. He's a very, very important man in this country, and he's doing the Lord's work. It is important. But for me, my strategy is always let's build culture and dominate the conversation so that certain subjects can't even be brought to a vote. Not that people aren't allowed to vote on them. I'm saying nobody would want to. More importantly, however, we're a year away from the election, the big one, the presidential general. And uh, you think anyone's going to believe the results? You get Republicans screaming cheating once again. And you know, if it went the other way, In some of these races, the Democrats would be cheating all the same. In fact, they probably are. There's a viral video of a guy walking up to a poll greeter, screaming at him, saying that he was trying to steal his vote and he's going to take a picture of, I'm going to remember you. It's getting crazy out there, my friends. I think it's important to understand these two components. This is why I think winning the culture war is the most important thing. If, if, If social order is breaking down and no one trusts the results of an election, let's just Unify everyone behind a a common culture. And that is our culture freedom, liberty, meritocracy, individual responsibility. So, my friends, before we get started, of course, go to timcast.com, click the link in the description below, and watch Infringed Gun Rights in America. A Lauren Southern film, Lauren Southern and John Dutois put together this film discussing gun rights in this country and giving you, I would call it the more pro gun argument. And the idea was. Almost all of these films and all these interviews that come out are always anti-gun. They always give you the anti-gun narrative. So we said, no, no, no. We're going to tell you the truth about guns. Because uh, the reality is, in the documentary, Lauren goes around asking people, what is an assault weapon? And guess what? There is no definition. It's a fact. There's no definition. Each different state says like, well, if it's a pistol grip or it's a shiny plastic stock or something. No explanation for what that really means. They say things like a hunting rifle is fine. The AR-15 is a hunting rifle. I just, it, it, it's, it's nonsense. So check out the documentary, Help Us Build Culture. This right here, we are putting already $100,000 in marketing to start. And I'll probably put in substantially more. When you become a member, that's what we're doing with your membership. We are using it to advertise our new documentary. And so don't be surprised if you see a handful of ads across the board popping up all over YouTube and Facebook and Twitter slash X. And if that is the best we can do is run those ads, we're putting the idea that you have a right to keep and bear arms in front of everybody. That's how you win a culture war, my friends. What's going to happen is when the younger generation is 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 getting ready to vote and they they understand the, the correct arguments about why you have a right to keep and bear arms, you don't need to do any of this. Why should I care if a single county has voting machines changing votes? That's the big story from Newsweek, right? Everybody's mad about it. Imagine if 90 percent of people just said, nah, you know, you should have right to keep their arms. This is the ultimate work. Politics is downstream from culture. So whenever uh, let's put it this way, everybody agrees racism, is- racism is bad in some form or another. Now, I think the left has become overtly racist, but there are certain things in this country that uh, 99% of people are going to agree with, like don't murder, right? We want to create a culture in which owning a gun, or I should say this, infringing on someone's right to keep and bear arms is seen as egregious, as mercilessly beating them for no reason. No one's going to be okay with that. I mean, obviously you got people on the left and extremists who are like, yeah, yeah, we should beat people or whatever, fine. I don't know. Overwhelmingly, everyone's like, no, no. We want it to be that scary. Like, no, 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 you can't do that. You can't infringe on someone's gun rights. We got to build that culture. Let's start with the results here. We have the story from the Daily Mail. Glenn Youngkin stunned in Virginia as Democrats flip House and retain Senate control. Republican touted as White House candidate suffers crushing blow on home turf as abortion rights take center stage at ballot box. Glenn Youngkin was handed a stunning defeat and his home turf. I, I'm actually not surprised by this at all. This is the uh, the House of Delegates. This just means each individual location the Democrats were able to win. Surprise, surprise. This is not. It's 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 an off uh, election year election, off cycle election. I'm not surprised Democrats succeeded. This is what happens when when you have a group that controls something, it flips. So Republicans had the House and now it flips back. It's it is what it is. They say, well, Republican donors have been urging Youngkin to make a late entry into the 2024 race. The first term governor said he had to gain control of the General Assembly first, vowing to push through a 15 week abortion ban, and they did not get it. Virginia voters rejected that, with Democrats estimated to win at least 21 state Senate seats retaining their majority and 51 seats in the House of Delegates gaining control from Republicans. Which is crazy because before this, it was a trifecta, it was all Democrat. The Virginia results were part of an overall good night for Democrats, which saw Kentucky's governor, Governor Andy Bashir win reelection and abortion rights preserved in the red state of Ohio. Preserved is one way to put it, right? Uh, let me see if I, I have the story from. Here you go. Ohio votes to enshrine abortion up until birth. Dude, wow. This is, um, you know, I just. It's uh, It's shocking. And it makes me want to laugh a whole, whole lot. I see these people screaming and cheering for the right to abort a baby at nine months, which basically just means kill a baby, right? And I am a traditional pro-choice person. This is not pro-choice, okay? The traditional pro-choice position is like, look, man, it's really difficult to answer the questions of constitutional rights pertaining to two bodies sharing one, you know, organ system. It's, It's really difficult. But if the baby can survive on its own, there's no question. Don't kill it. Now they're like, "Eh, I don't know, kill it anyway. That's literally the Democrat position. Here's the issue. They want the right to terminate their offspring so badly. That they'll do it up to birth. Here you go. Voters in Ohio have approved a constitutional amendment to enshrine abortion into the state's constitution. State Republicans argued the measure went too far and even further than Roe v. Wade. Governor Mike DeWine told Fox News in October... It's pretty clear that this constitutional amendment just goes farther, much further than what the average Ohioan approves. If a voter is comfortable with abortion up to the time of birth, they're probably going to be okay with this amendment. If they're comfortable with parents not being involved in the most important decision their daughter will ever make, or certainly has made up until the point in her life, if they're okay with that, then they should vote for
1: this. Assistance, help with flats, lockouts, and rental car options. Save 20% and get a free quote by visiting CarShield online at CarShield.com/Carlson. Don't wait for the next surprise. Choose peace of mind with CarShield. Go to CarShield.com/Carlson and save 20% today.
0: He also told Fox News, "If you look at issue number one, it's a radical proposal, and whether you're pro-choice or pro-life, it just goes much, much too far." It would enshrine in our Constitution the right to have an abortion up until birth, any time during the pregnancy. Second thing it would do is threaten a law we had on the books for many years requiring parental consent if we're dealing with a minor. The lawyers who wrote this were mindful for what they were doing. It's a radical proposal that does not fit Ohio. Listen, man, I am a, uh, I don't know, what do you call it? Social liberal type. I am a, a practical uh, non, uh, I would say, I would say instead of saying non-theistic, deistic, I believe in God. I don't believe in organized religion. I don't, I don't have faith in organized religions. And I'm going to tell you this right now. We fight every day for what is just and what is moral. And when we lose a battle, we try, try again. In this instance, I hope you understand what this means. With the right to have an abortion up to the point of birth now in Ohio As well as places like Colorado. The likelihood of liberals having kids is dropping dramatically. And we are already seeing conservatives have substantially more kids. This is why electoral politics does not mean all that much to me. It matters. We pay attention, we'll talk about it. We will advocate, of course, but it's secondary. Culture is everything. The first and most important thing any of you could do have kids. Keep them away from these schools. Homeschool your kids. Get away from these cities. Cut off the cultural rot. And uh, make sure they understand. Make sure they understand. And they learn real values. I watched a video. It was posted by um, Cat Turd. You guys know Cat Turd on Twitter. And it's a dad pitching a, a ball to his very young son, who's probably like five, who cranks it, boom, straight out into the forest, like just grand slam. And the dad loses it, like cheering, like, holy smokes, your kid just cranked it. Must be the most incredible feeling ever watching your kid do something so incredible. Tremendous success because your child's success is your success. I watch a video like that and I'm like, wow. And then I see a story like this. The Democrats are like, we must abort our babies. It's like, oh, no, the left is purging themselves from the gene pool. Okay, I guess. Hey, look, man. We cry and we pray and we beg, stop, stop, please, because we want to protect the babies because we want to protect innocent life. There's always so much you can do. And I fear that this issue can lead to very serious civil conflict. I believe it may be akin to I'm, I'm, I, I didn't make this up. I'm not the first person to say it, but I agree with those who say abortion may be the slavery issue of our generation. But if the left is actively purging themselves from 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 the voting blocks, from the gene pool, from all this stuff by killing their kids. Look man, you can lament it, you can be sad for it, you can pray, you can do all of that stuff, but all that matters me mathematically and pragmatically is in 20 years there will be more conservative voters. And I keep hearing from people, yeah, but they're indoctrinating our kids in school. If you know they're doing it, then just don't bring your kids to these schools. What's going to happen? No amount of formal indoctrination will be enough to overcome biological decimation. I'm sorry, that's just a fact. And you and and you can complain, you know, and say, "Oh no, they're indoctrinated kids." Look, indoctrination can be reversed. Indoctrination can be prevented, and you want to indoctrinate your kids with American values. If there are just no liberal children. There 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 it's not I'm sorry. Look. Let me tell you something. Kids are influenced by each other, right? So when kids go to schools, you got liberal parents teaching their kids liberal things. The kids are watching liberal cartoons, all that stuff. And so in order to fit in, be socially accepted in their classes among their peers, they'll adopt these behaviors that they think are cool. I want to be like this famous celebrity that all the other kids like. Guess what? Not only are they having less kids, so there will be less liberal influence from kids, a lot more conservative kids hang out with conservative kids. You've got the likes of The Daily Wire bringing back Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, Bentke. Have you guys signed up for that? Have your kids watch those shows? They're wholesome, family-friendly, no weird woke crap. And it's not like overtly indoctrinating. It's like normal life stuff. Good shows. Then you have our mission, what we're doing with Cast Brew Coffee, building a coffee shop in the works. Construction is happening. It is what it is. We're going to bring back a special event called Saturday Morning Cartoons. You know what we're going to do? Every Saturday morning, we're going to invite families to come they will be catering, bring your kids, you hang out, you talk, you share ideas, your concerns, your kids learn and play with each other. And we're going to put on shows in the TVs that are approved by the community, which means we'll probably end up playing a whole bunch of Bent Key cartoons. That's Daily Wire's uh, children's network. We're going to say, we know these are safe, they're new, it's great. We want kids to be influenced by this. We're going to choose. We're going to say, we keep out the weird, creepy leftist culture. And guess what happens? 20 years later, These kids will be voting and they're going to be like, I know what helps me be successful. I know who I want to be like. Right now, you have this far left instant gratification culture and it's expanding. But I tell you, my friends, instant gratification leads to your demise. You have blind zealotry and that leads to your demise. So right now, what do we have? Okay, let's break it down. You may be lamenting the results of these elections. But I tell you it's it's a pendulum swing. Keep fighting the good fight, keep building culture. Because when the left argues against the gun rights, what happens? Take a look at any, any one of these cities. So the businesses are collapsing. Burger King's now shutting down a bunch of locations. CVS, Walmart, Target, all of these locations shuttering. Cities are struggling. Human waste thrown about the streets. And you know what's funny? We got some small little towns in West Virginia that you've probably never heard of, population a thousand, and boy are they beautiful. There's no crime. There's an old man serving ice cream at his ice cream shop, and you walk in, and he's wearing suspenders, and he says, "What'll it be, little 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 Missy, the little girl?" And he gives her a scoop of cookie dough, and I'm like, "Wholesome life exists outside of these crackpot, deranged cities." So you know what? I will beg, I will I will plead, please stop voting for this garbage. But you know what? So long as they keep voting against their interests, no gun rights. Surprise, surprise. You're getting mugged and killed in these cities. You want abortion until birth? Well, uh oh, you've just eliminated the next voting block in your generation. We must win the culture war. And we are Bud Light. Target. Look at all this stuff. Sound of freedom. We launched our documentary the other day, Infringed advocating for gun rights. And we we are putting in so far, we've already committed one hundred thousand dollars to marketing. And that's all thanks to you. Understand this. We may lose right now. Electorally, it's because of the cultural pressures. But you see what's happening is a lot of people are saying, how is it we have such tremendous influence? We have these big shows. You have louder with Crowder. You have this manifesto, all this stuff coming out literally right before an election. How are we not winning these elections? It's a it's a delayed reaction, my friends. A lot of young people are going to be exposed to this and we're going to win and we are winning. We have to keep pushing. So here's what I want to say. Give it time. Don't stop. Keep speaking up. But more importantly, it comes down to this. When you watch a show, when you read a book, when you advocate for something, you are investing in that culture. Every time you watch a Disney Plus show, you are telling Disney, make more of this. I I do not have a subscription to Disney Plus. I canceled that a long time ago. And uh, honestly, I've not watched any of the new Marvel stuff. It's it's basically over for me because they got the Marvels coming out. uh, I believe tomorrow is Thursday previews. This will probably be the first Marvel movie I do not go watch. I'm sorry. I'm just not interested in the girl power garbage. I got no problem with female superheroes or anything like that. I think Katniss Everdeen was a, was a great character. Ripley and Alien, of course, everyone says that was great. You can have your female heroes. Wonder Woman I thought was awesome. But I saw the trailer for the Marvels and I'm just like, three female heroes up against the unbeatable ultimate female villain. And I'm just like, I don't know. I just, you know, look, man. It's just too hammy. And it's not a culture I want to invest in. And that's fine. I'm sure they'll make a billion dollars. That's good for them. But we're going to invest in our own stuff and we're going to start here. We're working on new projects. A lot of people say, Tim, you released this gun rights documentary. Literally, Lauren Southern says in it, go buy a gun. And so I'm like, it's not like it's not unbiased. We, we, we absolutely think gun rights are paramount and important. But we're going to keep building and investing in this. And people are like, you're just putting it on timcast.com. Why don't you do this? Well, we got to build it. We have to build that infrastructure. But let me let me tell you what what's, what, what this is all about. You become a member at TimCast.com. Click join us. Watch the documentary. And you know what happens? You sign up. Ten bucks a month. Couple cups of coffee. Maybe it's like two cups of coffee a month you forego because you're a member at TimCast.com. Let me tell you what we're doing. So far, we have already put, uh, put up two ad campaigns on social media totaling a, with a total budget of $100,000. I w- I, it's, it's, just, it's just that right now. I would love to put up a million dollars. Let me break it down for you how it works. If we, uh, so we did, we, we ran one ad yesterday and this one was a $1,000, uh, I think it was a thousand dollar ad buy. In $350 spent, we got 55,000 views, meaning the ad was displayed to 55,000 people. All we need is 35 of those people to watch the documentary for 10 bucks and we've covered the cost of those ads. So guess what? If we make slightly more money than the ad costs, we are going to go nuts on the ad campaign. Here's why that matters. I think we win at the ballot box by helping people understand cultural issues. And this documentary infringed we're basically breaking down the history of gun control and democide, and, and, and these governments that have killed their own citizens, why it's important to defend yourself, why the police can't always be there. Help people understand those issues instead of going to them and saying, hey, vote, vote in favor of us because we want gun rights. They need to understand the core of this. Here's the best part. Maybe you're concerned that uh, not enough people have watched the documentary We're too small Fastgrowingtrees.com code pool. Offer is valid for a limited time. Terms and conditions may apply. 55,000. I think the total uh, ad run for yesterday was 150K people on one ad. Watched an unskippable 15 second ad. And if that's all they get, we are pushing these ideas and making them ubiquitous. If we can spend a million dollars advertising this documentary, the ad itself is advocacy. We want to tell young people, you want a million subscribers, you want to be successful, be like us. That is the whole point. Indoctrinating young people to say we are cool, we are successful, and this is who you want to be. Right now, young people are being told to be like this. In fact, you look at what's happening in Ohio, there's not going to even be young people. I'm gonna tell you a funny, uh, a funny story, right? Uh, it's, It's about rollerblading, the biggest action sport in the 90s. And now it's nothing. People make fun of it. Why? They did not inspire young people. So as the young people who rollerbladed were aging, doing these tricks and grinds and backflips, young people were not getting involved in the sport. It wasn't cool because they weren't advocating to young people. So now they're in their 30s and there's no young generation rollerblading. Guess what? Nobody's buying your product. The industry starts collapsing. You need to inspire young people. That is so much of what life is all about. We do all of this for the future generation. Now, the big concern we have here. Here you go. Rand Paul says, congratulations on last night's win. A Republican landslide cleans up in Kentucky, except for governor, says Cat Turd. That's right. The fear is all of this is cheating. In one of the five uh, uh, top five most liberal voting precincts, there was a gas leak postponed, blah, blah, blah. You've got uh, evidence in in Connecticut of a a mayoral election. uh, uh, Being uh, uh, someone was cheating, so they they, uh, overturned it, the primary. Here we go. Trump leads in five critical states as voters blast Biden. I'm not crying about any of this. I didn't cry when Trump lost in 2020. I'm not screaming and crying voter fraud. I don't care. I literally care, don't get me wrong, but my point is, my friends, if you are just focused on earning a vote, you're missing the big picture. People want to fit in, they want to be like their peers. Why are people scared to speak up about their support for Trump and traditional conservative or libertarian values? Because they want to fit in. Here's what we're going to do Sound of Freedom became a box office smash, a shattering uh, massive numbers. Now it's international. You can't deny it. People love it. Bud Light tanks, 30%. You can't deny it. We are winning culturally. You need to make it socially unacceptable to support Democrats the way they've done it to Trump. We need to make it that people are just like, I got to vote for Trump and make it so that these Democrats are like, I can't tell anybody I'm voting for Democrats because that's what they do to you. And then what happens? Everyone's like, "I I voted for Trump. We need to make it cringe. You support abortion up to birth. That's Ohio, baby. That's Ohio. People in Ohio want to abort babies up to the point of birth. Make it make it unthinkable and socially unacceptable. What y'all need to start doing is embracing the Bud Light effect. Talk about why you support Trump, why you support America First politics. I don't like the Republican Party. I think they're trash. McConnell sucks. But I'm gonna tell you what I'm gonna say. If I'm out and about at a party and someone's like, well, you know, I like what what, what Ohio's doing, I'm gonna be like, you think it's cool to abort a baby at nine months? Dude, I'm I'm pro choice, but I think you are are nuts. And then here's what happens this person standing in front of you hears that and they get embarrassed. And then two other people go, Yeah, that is kind of crazy. You actually voted for that. And, well, I mean, I didn't, I didn't I didn't know that. No, don't look at me. These people don't know. They don't care. They don't pay attention. We're going to own the culture. And that's what we're doing. Fox News is crumbling. Cable TV crumbling. The older generation that watches cable news, they're losing it. We are going to win the culture war. I'm proud to say with the work we've done with Infringed and Game of Money, we have two documentaries up now. I'm hoping that we can get to the point where we're putting up a documentary every single month and even movies. I think I think documentaries are our play. Make entertainment, make it fun, make it funny. What is a woman was one of the most important cultural endeavors done uh, in our generation because it was ubiquitous. Everybody watched it, normies watched it, and they said, you know what, this is actually right. We need to make an abortion documentary like What is a Woman, tackling the issue. And let me tell you, my position, and I get into arguments, like it's crazy to me. It, I'm, I'm, I'm just I'm not I'm I'm at this point, the liberals and the left call me pro-life. But my attitude is like a very libertarian, traditional Democrat position. People like that. So make it unthinkable. What Ohio did is unthinkable. And if you know someone in Ohio who voted for that, you just got to be you got to make fun of them. That's really what it's about. You can be hanging out at work and you'd be like, wow, hey, look, man, I'm pro-choice is what I'd say. I'm pro-choice, but I can't believe there are people that actually voted to allow abortions at nine months. Talk about being stupid. And then someone's going to be like, well, I mean, that's not what it says. Are you kidding? You got to be a moron to vote for abortion at the point of birth and then be like, oopsie daisies, I didn't read it. Wow. Could you imagine being that dumb? It's like, could you like, I'm, I'm surprised people in Ohio voted for this but the reality is they just didn't read it. So uh, sure, I guess. Here's the challenge, though. For a lot of these people, they don't read it. What they're being told by the the left media is that the Republicans want to ban abortion outright. Now, look, I can respect Republicans standing by their values. I'm not a Republican. I don't like Republicans. I like the idea of safe, legal and rare, which doesn't exist at all anymore. I'm going to keep saying what I think and believe. That's it. You can tell me I'm wrong. You can argue with me. I go through it over and over and over again. I come to my conclusions. You're allowed to come to yours. My point is simply this. We've got to win. We've got to win before the ballot box because politics is downstream from culture. We want to make Democrats uncool and lame and all of that stuff. Now it's tough, but let me tell you something right now. It looks like we have this bifurcation of cultural values in this country. It's bad in a lot of ways, but it's an opportunity. It's an opportunity to win the culture war because the left is losing their, their control. The establishment is losing their control, and we can take it. Take a look at this. Trump is leading in five critical states as voters blast Biden. People don't like Biden. So what do we do? I am not going to argue that advocacy for Donald Trump, a vote for Trump is the way to do it. I'm going to do the inverse. I am going to mock people who vote for broken brain Biden. Broken brain Biden. Wow. Hey, look, man. I tell you this. I'm not saying you got to vote for Trump or like the guy, but at least he's spry. I'm gonna say, man. Look, Biden and Trump, COVID. I mean, I don't know. They didn't invent a virus. I don't think it's their fault. The virus happened. That's crazy. And then everyone's trying to scramble. So it's hard for me to say who's who's better or worse. But you got you. you you're kidding me. If you're gonna vote for the true and a shot at a pressure guy, let me ask you this. You, what does calf care? Broken brain Biden. That's who you're voting for. I don't care, dude. Look, that's why I'm like, you can go to these Democrat voters and be like, come on, dude, vote, vote for Cornell West <laughs> before you vote for Joe Biden. I got to be honest. You know, look, I don't like the policies of Cornell West. He's not he's not a bad dude, but he's got bad ideas. But I'd probably vote for him or Jen Huger before broken brain Biden, because at least Julian Assange gets Julian Assange gets a, a pardoned or something like that. So you get it, man. You get it, man. We got to win culturally. And then what happens is downstream at the ballot box, people just want to fit in. And I'm telling you, we are investing everything we can in culture, culture building and pushing back wokeness from these cities. And then I want to make voting for these crackpots unthinkable. Next segment's coming up at 1 p.m. on this channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. Republicans are outraged. Last night, there was special elections across this country. And Democrats did fairly well. Republicans wanted to do better, but, uh, you know, Democrats were able to win. Ohio, for instance, uh, constitutionally enshrined abortion. But here's the funny thing. As everyone keeps screaming to fire ron McDaniel of the GOP, and I don't disagree, Democrats are still panicking. Democrats are still worried. You guys, uh, I got to tell you, I am not surprised Democrats did well at all. It's an off election year. Republicans are not nearly as motivated in these issues. Democrats, having lost many political battles, are much more animated, and it is what it is. Right now, we have numerous articles coming out talking about how Trump is winning. Trump is going to win. And despite the fact you have many pro DeSantis people saying Trump can't win, even the Democrats are concerned Trump can. Here's what matters first, culture, as I always say. But when it comes to politics, What I need to warn you of is they may be trying to trick you. We know that the media coverage of Donald Trump is 93 percent negative. Yet how could he be doing so well? Well, the polls were wrong yesterday, and it's possible that they are pumping up Trump because they want you to think he will win and you have nothing to worry about. Now, I certainly do think Trump can win. I think you can't have all of these polls being completely wrong to the degree that they that they would need to be. That is to say, look, man, when I go and talk to people, there was a uh, we had uh, who was it? Was it Chase Geyser on the show? Was at a restaurant? And the waitress was like, I voted for Biden, but man, he sucks. I can't vote for him again. And I've heard that over and over again from a lot of regular people. No, I think the, tro- the, the, the polls are correct. And even though Democrats did well in these special elections, it ain't going to mean a whole lot once we get into the 2024 cycle. But there are some things to consider. Donald Trump may be a convicted felon. Not that I think he actually did anything wrong, but that's where we're going. NBC News put out this story. Trump's rivals say he can't beat Biden. Polls say he can. Before we get started, my friends, support our cultural endeavors. Go to TimCast.com. Watched. Watch the new documentary by Lauren Southern, Infringed. It's a very expensive production. We uh, we hope to break even, make our money back, and then uh, make more of these. This is a documentary discussing your right to keep and bear arms. It is. Absolute advocacy for gun rights, in my opinion. Human rights, we should call them. And your right to keep them bare arms. But uh, we're doing a massive ad campaign. Huge. So we've already got 100 grand dedicated to ads on this one. We're going to be promoting content across the board on social media. And the ads themselves, that's the point. They're advocacy. So at the very least, that's what we get. That's what we get. But we're hoping we can break even. Click the link in the description below. Watch the documentary. Let me jump to this story from The Intelligencer. The Special Elections tell us nothing about 2024. Democrats have a Biden problem, not a party problem. It's an interesting argument. In fact, Jonathan Chait's basically saying, look, if Democrats can win, then that means we're doing all right. If we're winning yesterday, then Democrats should win in 2024. No. You see, Biden is so gosh darn awful that Trump is actually pulling ahead, not because people like him better. But because Biden is just so nuts. Broken brain, uh, Biden, I call him.
2: And a lot of people
0: are saying that Republicans should desperately want Joe Biden to be the nominee, and they should. But that's why I don't think he will be. I think it's going to be someone else. Let's read a little bit. And then I'm going to pull up some criticism from the pro-DeSantis side as to why they think Trump is facing serious risks. I believe they are wrong. Here's the real risk before we get into anything. The real risk is that Democrats actually switch out Biden and Kamala for somebody else. That's the real risk. Chate writes, the Tuesday night election results supplied more evidence that the U.S. is not in the middle of a period of great political reaction. Despite President Biden's deep unpopularity, the Democratic Party is doing just fine, winning off-year races in Virginia, an abortion referendum in Ohio, the governorship in deep red Kentucky, and several lower-level school board races that have been drawn into the culture wars. I need, I need to ask everybody, to honest assessment. In Kentucky, Republicans sweep except for the governor. Why? Serious question. Why is that? Why is that? Now, I know a lot of people on the right are saying, oh, it's because Democrats cheat. Come on. If Democrats were cheating, they'd win everything, not just one race. Right. So the question is, why? Why the governorship? Some are arguing that uh, the the Republican nominee was endorsed by Trump and people don't like Trump. I don't buy any of that stuff, man. I, I don't think the average person cares enough about it. But serious question. Comment below. Here we go. But the Biden campaign is using the results to make an even broader point. The election results show President Biden is actually not in trouble at all. Quote, in hundreds of races since Trump's conservative Supreme Court appointments overturned Roe v. Wade, we've seen Americans overwhelmingly side with Biden and Democrats vision for this country. Biden campaign manager Julie Chavez Rodriguez declared Tuesday night. That same choice will be before voters again next November. And we are confident the American people will send President Biden and Vice President Harris back to the White House to keep working for them. Yeah, I don't buy it. It may well turn out that Biden can beat Trump next year, and I obviously hope he does, says Chate. But the Democrats' performance in the off-year elections and in recent special election victories don't actually tell us that. The most simplistic account for the Biden campaign is that the election results show that polls are inaccurate. Voters vote polls don't, claimed Biden in a fundraising email last night, except the polls predicting last night's elections results were accurate. The same coping strategy appeared following 2020, 2022 midterm elections. Democratic partisans have repeated their claim that polls showed a red wave that didn't materialize. That's not true. The polls were fairly good. It's just that reporters and analysts disregarded the numbers and predicted a red wave that would occur anyway. If 2022 tells you anything about polling, it's that you should take the numbers more seriously and the vibes less seriously. Meanwhile, the Democrats run a success in a non-presidential election may be less indicative of presidential election success than their hopeful spin suggests. As the party has grown stronger with college-educated voters and weaker with non-college-educated voters, one effect is that its coalition is now better in lower turnout environments, as political scientist Matt Grossman notes. That is the point. Nobody cares about these off-season elections. Nobody's paying attention. I didn't even, most people didn't even know there was going to be elections yesterday. I only found out about it within like a, a week or so. I didn't even know within the past couple of weeks that there was going to be special elections. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh, are you getting ready? I'm, I'm like, really? There's elections going on? I don't know that. I mean, I live in Kentucky and we're not having any, any anything out here as far as I can tell. Uh, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. The reality is people want to win the big races. Now, it is important you get local. Seriously, you should know about these races. You should. And every single person who wants to help save this country or make America great again should be voting in every single election. But it's hard to keep track of them all. It really, really is. So we need that grassroots activism. Let's take a look at where we're currently at. 2024, Donald Trump is currently winning. Let me uh, let me pull this from The New York Times. Trump indictments haven't sunk his campaign, but a conviction might. So say it the New York Times, perhaps. Let's do this. We got this big thread from Will Chamberlain talking about the real risks that Trump faces. Sebastian Gorka is fairly uh, perturbed, but let's start from the beginning. <clears throat> Excuse me. In a tweet, Will Chamberlain says, you know, we're having a really bad night, <clears throat> but we're sure to do better if we nominate a guy who will be a convicted felon on election day. All right. Sebastian Gorka says, you're an a-hole, Will, and you've just demonstrated your tacit acquiescence to the, to the judicial persecution of the president." I regret ever giving you a platform. I will not make that mistake again. You and your ilk still have no idea what America did in 2016. Good riddance. Okay. Will responds rather tactfully before I read the response from Will, which makes a great argument as to why there is a real risk facing Donald Trump and all of us who want Trump to win. I will point out the DeSantis campaign is the worst campaign and DeSantis may be the stupidest politician we've seen in our generation. Cue the whinging from DeSantis people. Why? Why is it that Tim Kest, IRL has numerous guests, ranging from moderate to conservative, who have who have expressed to me in private, they don't understand why the DeSantis campaign is attacking them? Now, of course, the DeSantis people are going to be like, Tim's lying. He's full of it. That never happened. Yeah. OK, dude. Look at Mike Cernovich. Look at, uh, I, I don't want to call anyone else up, but Mike Cernovich has been public about the DeSantis campaign. Look at the tweets they put out. Look at, look at you know, Jack Posobiec, look at the tweets from from DeSantis' press team where they insulted, I think it was like 30 or so moderate to right-leaning individuals who actually liked DeSantis' campaign policies. And there were people that were, they put a fake quote and like they were insulting me on this thing. And I'm like, I didn't even say anything about DeSantis. You know what? That's what it is. There, the reason why I say he may be the stupidest politician is that Despite all of his political victories, the dude has a social ineptitude that I've never seen in a politician at at this level. And that's me. I'm not the oldest guy in the country or anything like that. But, you know, in my lifetime, DeSantis should have fired his campaign staff. He should have fired Christina Prashaw, Brian Griffin and Jeremy Redfern. And the fact that he has not been able to do so shows so much. And I will say this, the fact that it's my understanding, uh, Will Chamberlain, he is a uh, I, 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 I thought he was working for the DeSantis campaign. I don't know if he still is. But the fact that Will Chamberlain is not running DeSantis' campaign is the perfect example of how stupid this man is. This is, from Will Chamberlain, one of the most intelligently crafted arguments in support of DeSantis showing the risks Trump faces. And I agree with him. Unfortunately, Will, as much as you are an intelligent individual, for which we have our disagreements. Will's also a good friend of the show. Uh, They should have put you in charge and they didn't. So you can make every point in the world about how you think DeSantis is going to be, is the guy to beat Trump. And I can only turn around and say, Will, I'm sorry. If that were true, you would be running his campaign. And the fact that the most articulate response in support of DeSantis, which makes the most sense, the fact that you crafted it and you are not running his campaign and they could have had you doing it, is everything that I need to know. Ron DeSantis is too stupid to be president. Maybe he wins. Fine. So be it. But Ron does not have the he's like Forrest Gump in it. You know what I mean? Ron has en- enacted a bunch of great policies with the help of the Florida state legislature. We very much appreciate what Florida has done. Lots of people want to live there. But it's not just the governor. It's all of the people around him and all and, and, and the votes and, and the people who moved there. Ron needed only say one thing. You know, I don't understand why you're going on social media and just attacking our voters. Just stop. Otherwise, you're fired. And then when his stupid campaign press people kept doing it, he should have said, I'm getting rid of all of you. Will Chamberlain, you're in charge. Here's the tweet. Will says, I made a point of not attacking pro-Trump influencers, especially ones who I've been friendly with in the past. Very smart on Will's part. There's a number of reasons for this. For one, I strongly supported Trump in 2016 and 2020. I see Trump supporters as part of my wing of the Ameri- of the party, America First Wing, even if I'm supporting a different candidate in the primary. And when the general comes around, we're all going to be back on the same team again. For another, I think it's tacky. I'm going to continue that here. Seb Gork, I have no interest in lobbing personal attacks at you, even given your intemperate remarks towards me. I don't dislike you personally. My point. Trump, that Trump is going to be a convicted felon and will drag down the GOP next November is descriptive. It's not normative. I don't want Trump convicted. He still has a substantial chance of being the nominee. I want Republicans to win. I want Democrats out of power. I want the law fair to stop. Trump being convicted is bad for Republicans and bad for the policy outcomes I want achieved. And aside, this is me saying it. It's bad for the country. The fact that it's even happening. But winning requires grappling with reality, and the reality is that Trump is an anchor on the party weighing it down. The last time we won an election was 2016, when Trump was facing a hugely unpopular candidate who had her own legal problems. Remember the emails, the October surprise of Comey reopening the investigation? That dragged Hillary down. Well, we're about to see that dynamic, but 10 times worse. The D.C. trial starts in March. Trump has no hope of an acquittal. Now with the D.C. jury, I agree. And a rabidly partisan judge The appeals process won't proceed quickly enough for him to have any adverse trial rulings tossed out before Election Day. So he's going to be a convicted felon by Election Day, most likely by June. What does it mean if you were to be the nominee? Well, first and foremost, he could simply be incarcerated. Once he's convicted, Judge Chutkin, who hates him, could simply remand him into custody. Alternatively, if she felt like being generous, then why would she? She could simply restrict his travel pending sentencing. No rallies, no GOTV efforts. Biden chose to run a basement campaign. Trump, in the best scenario, will likely be forced to do so. And that's just the one case in D.C. Trump will likely be sitting in a defendant's chair during most of the general election campaign. What's the plan to win, given that reality? What's the plan to avoid a complete landslide? Is there one? You criticize me for acquiescing to to the judicial persecution of the president. That's just wrong. I want the next Republican president to pardon Trump and everyone else caught up in the ridiculous lawfare. But to do that, we must win. And burying your head in the sand is no strategy at all. Now, ultimately, I I agree with a lot of what Will said, but I got bad news for you, Will, and I'll say it again. Such an articulate, well-crafted response, creating a very logical and um, non-petty response. Sane, rational, reasonable, not overly emotional. That's how you win elections. That is the tact we hope Ron DeSantis would bring to the Trump campaign as VP. We hope that it would be Trump DeSantis 2024, Trump the hothead, but DeSantis the normalizing factor. Instead, Ron, someone whispered into his ears that you delist Ron, you can be president. I like Ron DeSantis. I think policy-wise, he's fantastic. But I am offended, offended by his campaign staff's absolute inability to muster any support to win a primary. I'm sorry. If you are so daft, so tactless, so insanely stupid, you can't win a primary, good. I hope you lose. I'm sorry, man. Look. Look. I see all of this politics stuff, and I learned a long time ago. Culture is everything. And Breitbart knew it. Politics is downstream from culture. So we can sit here and whinge about polling numbers all day and night, but that is the stupidest thing ever. There's two things we need to win. One is the election. Uh, I guess what you call it, like election fair. War electioning? I don't know. They call it lawfare. Election lawfare. You need to win ballot harvesting. You need to win rule changes. You need to win uh, eligibility requirements. Whatever it is, you got to win. You got to do everything you can to maximize the number of votes you receive. It's not about convincing people. More importantly, you need to control the culture. You need to make it so that Democrats are scared to say they voted Democrat. Right now, Trump supporters are scared to say they voted Trump. And it's been that way for, we're go- I mean, come on, since 2016, seven years. Democrats should be embarrassed to say they voted for Biden, especially right now. So if you ever talk to someone and say they voted for Biden, say, oh, oh, oh man, yikes, I bet you regret that one. I feel bad for you. Hey, this guy voted for Biden. Make them embarrass them. Say so you actually voted for that guy? I mean, come on. I understand not voting for Trump, but voting for Biden. Wow. Wow. Make them feel that. I don't know exactly what's going to happen, but I think Will makes a great point about the convictions. But these are unprecedented times. Just because Trump is being targeted by this legal machine does not mean DeSantis can win. I'll tell you, let's play a game. Donald Trump, his scenario is they've attacked him. They lock him up. That means nothing for his policies. But the American people may outright be like, I'm not voting for a felon. Perhaps. Well, let's entertain a Ron DeSantis 2024 campaign. Oh, this is going to be fun. Let's say DeSantis somehow wins the primary. And then they're like, they're at a a big national rally, general, uh, you know, election rally. You know, I'm, I'm leading the great American comeback. And here's my campaign manager who comes out and goes, you're all a bunch of morons. I can't believe how stupid all of you are. You're so dumb. That's their whole campaign. I'm not, I'm not kidding. Holy crap, Ron DeSantis' uh, uh, advocates, like his 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 influencers, their whole shtick is to insult you even if you agree with them. There was one instance where something happened like a month or two ago, I can't remember what it was, and I was like, Ron DeSantis did a good job on this one, I've, you know, gotta admit. And then they they have these campaign circuits insulting me over it, and I'm just like, I'm sitting here laughing, being like, this is why Ron will never be president, because he's a moron. And and, and they get all salty, and benesha I'm like be like, they're so mad. He's so bad he's calling Ron. Ron's a moron, dude. I'm sorry, man. You can't be having your people. Like, like Will, why aren't you running the campaign? Will Chamberlain was working for DeSantis. It was big news. There was concern over when he moved to work for the uh, DeSantis governor's office or whatever. How is it that this dude can be so tactful and articulate and make a great argument, yet they sideline him? It's because they want DeSantis to lose, and DeSantis is too stupid to realize it. Or DeSantis is too stupid to get a good enough team to actually formulate a real campaign strategy. I'm sorry, dude. It's delusional. It's just delusional. When I hear these, like, prominent personalities saying Ron is going to win and he's on track, I'm like, y'all live in la-la land. You're going on Twitter, you're screeching like banshees at people who like DeSantis, and now nobody can stand you. We had, um, it was a Bill Mitchell and Laura Loomer. And I asked Bill, like, he's a DeSantis guy, like, okay, here's my question. Uh, Why are DeSantis' press people attacking me and insulting me? And he goes, Alex Brusewitz said this. I said, I don't care. Why are they attacking me? Well, Laura Loomer, she said this. Dude, I swear to God, I don't care about Loomer. I don't care about Brusewitz. Tell me why they're insulting me. You see? My only, my only thought is they're intentionally sabotaging him. Now, anyway, ranting about DeSantis. Here we go. Because it's the only way they get him attention, but it's soured. It's soured everybody on him. You know, even Luke Rakowski was cheering him on. Is now like, hey, don't look at me, man. Trump indictments haven't sunk, sunk him, but a conviction might. Maybe. But what else is there? You really think this is an argument for DeSantis? Sorry, I just don't see it. I don't. What I want to say with all of this, despite the the GOP primary nonsense, which doesn't matter, Trump's gonna win. I don't think anybody should be should be concerned about yesterday. Nope, you gotta stay the course. Keep building culture, keep winning the culture war, make content, make music, make cartoons, mock the people who voted for Joe Biden. Hey, be like, look, you can at least vote for RFK, but Biden, are you nuts? With a Trump will win, yeah, yeah? Whatever, man. Joe Biden. Win the culture war. Make it embarrassing to vote for Democrats. And then we're going to win. I don't think I I don't know how much any of this matters It's unprecedented. You can't just come out and say Trump Trump is a felon hurts him. We don't know. We'll see. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be at 4 p.m. on the channel. Thanks for hanging out. And I'll see you all then. Big news coming out of Texas. A chemical plant has exploded. One person is seriously injured shelter in place is ordered for residents in a one mile radius. Now, I want to go through what this news is about, but there are some underlying concerns in and around this. This incident may just be a typical incident. I mean, accidents happen, explosions happen, and I don't want to uh, distract from the importance of the story and everyone staying safe. However, there are great concerns considering the escalating conflict in the Middle East and Russia That the U.S. could be the, the victim of cyber attacks. We have a banking collapse. The fifth major bank this year taken over by the government. And many of you may not have noticed, but there was a very massive payday glitch that happened. Yeah. Maybe cyber attacks, but there's no real way to know. And that's what's scary about modern warfare. If the U.S. gets attacked and it damages our ability to operate, the U.S. government, they don't need to tell you. you know, back in the day, active war happens. We get attacked directly. You can see it. You can't deny it. And then there's going to be demands for retaliation. Today, there could be attacks and we can't even confirm we were attacked. First, here's the news about the chemical plant. Daily Mail reports, a chemical plant exploded in a huge fireball in Texas around 8, 17 a.m., sending a giant cloud of black smoke into the sky. We have some uh, some photos of this. This is shocking stuff. I hope everybody's. Uh, I know there's some people who are hurt. I hope everybody in the area is paying attention. Let's play this, uh, I think we have a video here showing just how intense this is. So, uh, crazy. Let's, uh, let's see if there's more information on what chemicals we're dealing with. They say, according to Fox 26, one person has been injured and taken to Memorial Herman, Texas Medical Center with first degree burns to the face, along with second and third degree burns to the arms. The San Jacinto County Sheriff's Office reported the chemical plant fire at Sound Source Solutions, an employee from the plant told ABC 13 the person who was injured might have been hurt initially by a forklift. The accident might have caused the explosion. If that's the case, not a cyber attack, not a cyber attack. They go on to say that Sound Resource Solutions is a local recycling plant in Texas. According to the company's website, they focus on blending, repack- repackaging, distribution, and logistics. Polk County Emergency Management recommends that residents near U.S. Highway 59 from Goodrich to Leggett shelter in place. They have also advised residents to turn their HVAC systems off in businesses and homes immediately. The sheriff's office is asking the public to avoid the area and watch out for emergency vehicles. So that's that's the gist that they don't know the effects of the chemicals in the air, um, but the wind is suspected to be carrying the odor and smoke and fire into the air. So uh, again, I hope you all are, are, are staying attuned and paying attention to local authorities. They say the plant produces chemicals like isopropyl alcohol acetone, and petroleum-based products. So this could be particularly hazardous. Uh, hazardous. Now, I'll leave it at that, right? I don't I don't want to get too crazy on this may be a forklift accident, but I do think it's important to know. But it gets me thinking about the concerns we have over cyber attacks, considering we wouldn't know if they were. The Wall Street Street uh, the Wall Street Journal reported this 4 days ago. Banking system glitch delays 900,000 payments on big payday. Once again, Many people are saying it was just a uh, clearinghouse group uh, glitch, no big deal. Maybe, yeah, maybe. Okay, that's fine. Let me just tell you, when it comes to serious warfare, you're never going to know. Let's make it simple. You ever get those? We talked about this last night. You ever get those scam phone calls where your phone rings, you answer it, and it's someone speaking Mandarin Chinese? Yeah. Here's how it works. Now, I I, I don't know if this is their intention, but I can tell you definitively. Let's say. A million people per day get one of these phone calls. It distracts them for two minutes. Phone rings, they look down, they answer the phone, they get this message, like, What's this? And then there's some thought afterwards, What is this weird phone call I got? To an individual, meaningless. But this is the way the game is being played. It is possible that these phone calls are an act of war meant to suppress the US economy. I know you're saying, What is a scam phone call? If a million people per day suffer two minutes of lost productivity. That is two million minutes of lost U.S. productivity. That means economic slowdown. It really is that simple. You know, the, 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 the way I describe it is blackjack at a casino. It's 49.5 to 50.5. The house has that tiny little edge. And so you're basically flipping a coin. At an individual level, you can win. You're coin tossing, as long as you're playing right. Or uh, same thing is true with uh, craps. You roll the dice, right? But the casino knows they won a million rolls because statistically, they will make money, even if you play perfectly. Now, if you're counting cards, depending on the amount of cards they have available, well, things change, but most casinos don't allow that, which is weird. Don't play the game, huh? But the point is this. China knows that sustained low-level harassment widespread may mean nothing to an individual, but it could mean everything to the country as a whole. Take a look at this story. Four days ago, Wall Street Journal, the first Friday of of the month is typically a big payday for U.S. workers, but thousands of paychecks didn't land in individual bank accounts today because of a technical glitch with the network that moves funds from one financial institution to another. The glitch affected 900,000 payments, according to the Clearinghouse Group. Now, here's the thing. We announced, as we mentioned this last night, Tim Cash was affected by some kind of glitch. But hold on a minute. We weren't affected by a glitch four days ago. At least I'm pretty sure it wasn't four days ago. It's Wednesday. That means last Friday. No, I'm pretty sure last Friday everything was fine. It was the week before this. So this is what happens. We wake up, a bunch of messages like, hey, payments didn't go through, whatever. And we're like, what? This is automated. I'm frustrated with our payroll company, right? Like, hey, what happened? And they're like, oh, it was a glitch. And I'm like, well, I don't know what happened again. Everybody ended up getting paid later, later on, but still they got paid. The delay was like seven or eight hours. The next week we hear another massive glitch happens. And I'm like, now it's starting to seem very strange because again, I will say this. It may mean nothing to an individual, to the average person. They got delayed eight hours. But what about 900,000 payments delayed eight hours? How many bills did not go paid? How many transactions did not occur? You do that enough in a variety of ways, and you can actually hurt your enemies. The scary thing is, I bet some people had overdrafts because of it. I bet the glitch actually screwed some people over. How many people knew payday was coming? And so they have like their car bill, their loan repayment scheduled to be paid at like 4 p.m. on payday. Because they know at 7 a.m. it's cleared and it's in their account. That's right. People live paycheck to paycheck. Well, paycheck didn't come through. How many bills bounced? How many checks bounced? How many accounts did not get to pay their bills on time? This is disruptive for the average person. And for someone who is in a, a, a you know paycheck to paycheck situation, it could be a step towards financial ruin. Payment doesn't come in. Then you thinking it did have you, you, you buy some stuff on your debit card. Now you're negative. Then they give you transaction uh, uh, over limit fees. 35, 35, 35 every time. This happened to a buddy of mine in Chicago. He bought a, uh, a Metro card, train, uh, train card, right? CTA. We call him CTA. And it double charged him. Now, this is a, a broke teenager, Right. So he, he, he lives paycheck to paycheck and he's got, I think he had like uh, 10, 15 bucks in his account. It was a big scandal because the CTA machines were double charging people. So he gets double charged instead of the five bucks, it charges him 10, puts him down to five bucks. Thinking he only got charged five bucks. He's like, hey, eh, you know, I'm probably good to spend seven bucks and I'll have a couple bucks left in my account. Won't put me over. This is what happens when you're broke. The food he tried buying. This is what I love about banks. They let him do it. They let him buy another. I think he bought food or something at McDonald's. And then it put him negative. And then he got $35. Then $35. Here's the best part. When he finally deposited his check. With without he he, he goes to the bank, he, he, he gives him the check or whatever. I, I can't remember exactly how it went down, but basically his $110 check. And he thought he was going to now be at 113. It actually put him to like. 50 or 60 because of all the, the the 70 bucks. It was like 90 something dollars. They charged him in over limit fees. And so then the best part, he spent more money. And then all of a sudden, when he finally caught up to him, he said, whoa, 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 what happened? Double charged by the CTA only a few dollars, and it ran him into the dirt. And he had to go and get things cleared up. Fortunately for him, The news reported that the CTA was doing this. So when he went to the bank and said, that's a double charge, man, you got to remove that. And they did. And then they were like, "Okay, so that should remove all these overdrafts. And he's like, look, my check came in. The overdrafts are what put me under. And you kept overdrafting me after the fact to put him like negative 300 all in all. That's the crazy thing about the risk of cyber attacks. Now, again, I don't know about this, but I'm telling you right now, this is crazy, right? To see this glitch happen. And we're look at this federal government takes over failing Iowa Bank. I hope you all are paying attention to what's going on. I'm going to keep it simple. I don't know that there was a uh, chemical attack or cyber attack or, I mean, not chemical, attack, cyber attack or that any of this was. But hey, man, sometimes mistakes happen. Sometimes glitches happen. Glitches happen. So I hope you all are paying attention to what's going around in the world because you never know. You never know. And I hope you, ta- you take care of yourself, your friends and your family, and you're prepared for the worst. I'll leave it there. Next segment will be at 6 p.m. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then. In this segment. I bring you, I don't know, ignorance, arrogance, and a complete and total lack of self-awareness. Ah, yes. I hypocrite posts. Oh, come on. I hope you are all ready for this one. As a woman with no room to speak is critical of men. Here we go.
3: Can you explain what an incel is? So an incel is just like someone who is involuntarily celibate that loser sitting on Reddit for 23 hours a day um, with cheetah dust and empty Mountain Dew cans all around them. And it just has a real stank smell that is involved with these people. <laughs> <You> can, <laughs> I'm just gonna page you an image and like the fedora's yeah. a little crusty and the the, beard, the the neck beard is strong, but the facial hair is weak.
0: Okay, I'm gonna pause real quick. And for those who are just listening, this woman is moribundly obese. I know. Everyone right now is screaming, but Tim, certainly you mean morbidly obese. No, moribundly obese. There's a difference. Morbid obesity is probably a good technical term. Moribund means on the verge of death. This woman, and I mean this uh, not to insult or deride or to mock. I think it's important that this woman understand the position she's in. It's a very large... Very unhealthy woman who is insulting incels. Now, by all means, you can be an incel and insult a morbidly obese or more bundly obese woman. You can be a more bundly obese woman and insult incels. But I think a little humility goes a long way. And this woman should be saying things like, first of all, she's wrong about incels, but she should be saying things like, we need to respect people and try and help them. You know, if she came out and said, I can't really paint a picture of incels for you. I mean, people come in all different shapes and sizes, and I do think that I'm no one to talk to insult someone else. So blah blah blah. Instead, let's play the rest of the video.
3: And there's a bald spot in the back, and you can just and you can just see the fedora <laughs> just hanging on for dear life, and he's sitting there mutter- muttering under his breath about how like Jessica Alba's uh, ugly, right? You know, like yeah, that's what you're talking about. <laughs> It's Can not. to explain what an incel is? So an incel is just like someone who is involuntarily celibate. That's true. That loser no. sitting on Reddit for 23 hours a day um, with cheetah dust and empty Mountain Dew cans all around them.
0: Here's the scary reality. That is not what incels are. And I think people need to understand this because this, this view that she has, this fictitious view of what an incel is, it's just meant to insult guys, I guess. The scary reality is that many incels are average looking dudes wearing jeans and a T-shirt who don't know how to socialize properly or don't have much to their name or confidence. And that is the scary reality. Incel means involuntarily celibate. It means that these individuals want to hook up with women, but can't. Now, the first thing I think is wrong with the idea is that if you're a dude and your mentality is that you want to get laid and that's it, you're already broken. You're already broken, man. I'm sorry. Too many young guys think sex is everything and that's all they want. Meanwhile, conservatives are like, it's very good that you're not having sex and you should get married and then, you know, have a family. But too many other guys online see this sex driven hookup culture and think something's wrong with them because they're not doing it. It's fascinating. So there was this study that, uh, uh, I know a study, a poll survey came out, showed that men under 30 are not having sex. They're virgins, more so than women. Though virginity is increasing between both males and females, it's skyrocketing among young males. Seamus Coglin on the show, who's a, a conservative Catholic, said, based. I said, no, it's not. It's not based at all. See, the immediate assumption was they're not having sex. Good, bro. 23-year-olds should be having sex with their wives they should get married, and then they should have families. They ain't doing that. That's not happening. I think what we're seeing is really fascinating. And, and, and let's talk about, let's throw let's throw some criticism at this woman here, okay? Look, I hope she gets the help she needs because she looks like she's about to die. And I, I'm not saying it as a joke. I'm not saying it to be mean. I don't do that. This is not shock content. I'm saying, please, please get help. But too many people are enabling this woman. You see, I see a lot of guys complaining about women who want money. Women who say, like, a guy's got to spend 200 bucks on a date. And then a bunch of men are like, oh, how dare you say such a thing? Men are providers. Women have babies. That is not an absolute position. Everyone can be whatever they want to be at the granular level. But on the macro, that's what humanity has been for a long time. Men would go hunt and take risks. And they would bring back and provide for their wives. And their wives could have children. So men like pretty women. Women like high status, successful men with resources. That's just reality. So women like this who are insulting incels are the same, in my opinion, as the guys insulting women who want guys with money. Now, here's the difference, or I should say not the the difference, but here's here's the truth, ladies and gentlemen. This woman could cut the carbs, start exercising and improve herself and increase her sexual market, uh, um, uh, 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 I guess, reach and guys. Can figure out how to make money. They can exercise. They can increase their value as well. Some things are very hard to overcome. You know, tall women have it a little harder, short men have it a little harder. But you can certainly overcome these things. It's entirely possible. Tom Cruise isn't very tall, and he's probably one of the most sought after guys in the world. I mean, he's super rich and super famous. But here we go men get stressed when their wives make more money than they do. You see, a guy can be ugly and still land a super babe because it's different between men and women. But you know what the issue is? The issue here is that divorce goes up if a wife earns more than her husband. And this is the point. Now, this, uh, this legal office, this law office says female breadwinners are becoming more common, but it's true. Studies show that if a woman earns more than the man, a divorce is substantially more likely. And there's a couple of reasons for it. There are a lot of women who are in marriages who can't leave because they have no money, and they're worried they'll be homeless or won't be able to eat. And there are a lot of uh, actual uh, a lot of it is actually women feel they don't need the man. Now certainly, women can be unhappy and feel they need the man. That's basically why they don't leave. But there's also a, a very real component to attraction between men and women, where men want beautiful women and women want high status men. This means, as women get older, there's a concern. The guy's going to be looking at younger girls. And if men don't make money, women are going to be looking at other guys. That's a reality. But the big issue I see today is everybody seems to think they are entitled to communism. That's what I'm going to call it. It's social communism, I guess. A dude who thinks a woman is wrong for not wanting to date him because he doesn't got money is the same as a morbidly obese woman thinking that she's entitled to hot guys. You're not. The dating pool will be small for you. You're deserving of nothing, and everyone has a right to what they like. What I mean to say is they have a right to like things. If this woman likes, you know, big, six-foot-five, super-rich dudes, she's allowed to like them. Guess what? He's probably not going to go for you. Maybe some guys will, though. They exist. There are also women who like dudes who want to be stay-at-home dads. That exists, too. Nothing's absolute. You can find what works for you. But it's the reality, man. Everybody thinks they're owed something. I'll give you an example. We put the infringed documentary out on TimCast.com members only. So it means you got to pay 10 bucks to be able to watch it. You can cancel afterwards. And there are people, of course, being like, put it up for free. Communism. Everybody's got it in them. Everybody wants something for free. It cost us a lot of money to make that documentary. And it's costing us six figures in marketing already. And uh, we'd like to make that money back. Why? Why? so we can make more of them. That's the reality. You have these women like her acting like she's better than anybody else. Dude, come on me. I know it. I got crooked teeth, whatever. I'm, I'm genetically missing a tooth. I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm better than anybody else. I am what I am. I got what I got. I can get what I can get. Things are going all right for me. Life is just what it is. You know what I'm saying? I could Uh, I'm five, ten probably would be better if I was six foot tall or or six foot one, but I'm not. And uh, I guess it's better that I'm not five foot eight, you know, whatever, but it is what it is. That's you know, the thing. Um, there are a lot of people who I see, uh, you know, like I got like a gray right here coming in my beard or whatever. And uh, people ask me like, why I didn't get my teeth fixed? Like, Tim, you make so much money. Why don't you get your teeth fixed? Why don't you get, why don't you dye your beard? Why don't you get hair transplants or something? And I'm just like, you know what, dude. My attitude is the world is the way it is, and there are real things that we should be better with. So what did I? I started eating better. I cut out carbs, lost a lot of weight. I, I actually I, I fluctuate, right? So it's like in uh, in like 2018, I lost a lot of weight, and then we moved out to uh, uh, West Virginia, and then we had no we had no area to skate or exercise, and I just slacked off, and then started gaining weight again. Then I cut out all the carbs, started skating more, and lost a lot of weight. And I'm like, look, that's on me. I can choose to improve things like that. But like getting surgery or whatever, you do you, man. Like That's your thing. For me, hair dye, beard dye or whatever, it's like I am what I am. You know, if I get old, I get old. It's crazy to me that there are so many people who want to like be permanently young. That guy who's like trying to de-age himself. It's like whatever, dude. You do you. But I'll say it for this lady and I'll say it for the incels she describes. She's wrong about it, though. Be the best version of you. This lady is not the best version of herself. That's the reality. She's not the best version of herself. And if you're a dude who sits around playing video games all day, you can, you can make it really simple. You can, you can go exercise. If she described you with Cheeto dust or whatever, it's not, not, not that it's real. Some people maybe. Clean up. Stop eating all the carbs. Focus more on fats and meats. Talk to a nutritionist about what's right for you. And then start exercising. Very lightly. Go for walks. Start walking around every single day. Find something that's going to get you active. Don't just accept being morbidly obese and complaining about everybody else. And if you're mad that women want dudes who make more money, make more money. I'm sorry. I'm going to say it. A lot of people, it's so annoying. I, cause I try to tell you, if you go to any one of these like high paid, paid, high expense seminars with ultra wealthy people, and they're like, we're going to give you the tips to success and how to be rich. They're going to tell you much of the exact same thing I'm going to tell you. It really is a choice. Sorry. That's the truth. And there's a lot of people who are like, oh, Tim thinks being rich is a choice. I'll put it two ways. If you are not every day trying to brute force the system figuratively to figure out how to maximize revenue exchange, if you're not studying every day and reading about how businesses succeed or actively just working every day, then don't complain. Don't complain because I'm not saying that. That's what I mean by it's a choice. Because if you work 80 hours a week, you're going to make more money. Do you want to? Some people won't do it. They made that choice. I'm not saying everyone's going to be a millionaire. But I also think there's another component, too, that people don't realize, and it's who you know. And that's a reality. If you're friends with rich people, you're probably going to make more money. So going to areas where, that attracts wealth and networking is a key component. Why do people spend 10 grand to go to a seminar to meet a rich guy to tell them how to be rich? It ain't for that. It's because everyone else there is trying to network and and surround themselves with investment opportunity and wealth so that they can, they can get it. So I'm not saying literally you can wake up and be like, I decide I'll be rich today. I'm saying the choice, is, the choice is that you can take action today to improve yourself if you're poor or otherwise. The United States is an amazing country. This woman could absolutely choose to stop eating all that sugar. It's up to her. If she's happy, good for her. This is America. You do what you want. But lady, you know, glass houses, stones, all that. I'll leave it there. All right. Next segment is coming up tonight at 8 p.m. over at youtube.com slash Timcast IRL. Thanks for hanging out and I'll see you all then.